Look over to somebody and say, he's good. He's good. Yes, he is. Amen. You might be seated. Come on. I'm excited this morning to talk about missions. Um, we're going to share a four-something minute clip of Honduras and then um, talk a little bit about the different projects. Before we show that, though, you'll see two banners up here. These are two projects that um, Kim and I had the privilege, our family had the privilege of being a part of uh, the, the founding and starting of Kingdom Bilingual Educational Center and Vessels of Mercy Clinic. We, uh, we lived in Honduras for almost eight years. Uh, some of you know that, some of you may not. Um, it, it was a, a joy to be a part of God's plan. I, I, I tell people, they say, well, what were you called to? I said, whatever God told me to put my hands to is what I was called to. We, we went with a heart and passion for just serving him. Uh, we didn't go with an agenda. We didn't go to say, this is, this is what Paul Dyer's doing. We, we went to say, Lord, what do you want us to do? We just felt the call to go. And we worked with a, a deaf ministry out of San Pedro Sula for uh, about eight months. And uh, then from working with the deaf ministry, we went into working with the National Office on National Projects and... And then uh, the Lord kept moving us into different realms. We, we served as the overseer of the Bay Islands and La Mosquitia, the jungle, and uh, helped initiate the planting of several churches throughout the jungle and the islands. And then we were, uh, as we were serving in Honduras, we also served in Belize as well. Um, we were asked to navigate the national office of of Belize for uh, about a year and a half and and in this process uh, the Lord asked us to pastor a church so we pastored uh, a church in Roatan and French Harbor and from there uh, my desire was to say what does what's the vision of this house and they wanted to see a school planted so I worked with them and we planted a school the school has uh, almost 300 students today and uh, is, is, a, is actually one of the top schools in the region. And by God's grace and wonderful teachers and administrators, they're doing a fabulous job. The clinic was a, a clinic. Uh, vision, the vision was cast by um, the Phillips, and uh, they built the building, but the clinic was never opened. And so God gave us favor. And we started serving in um, helping the community of French Key open the clinic. God uh, gave us favor through many different um, ways, through government officials, through all, the, all kinds of um, uh, open doors. And now the clinic has a full-time doctor, a full-time dentist. They, they, uh, they have multiple uh, specialists who come to minister to the people. And... Uh, just a privilege to be a part of such events like this. You know, um, you'll hear a little bit more about my heart, but just, just to say, you know, for me, we talk about the blood of Jesus, but, uh, you know, it's, missions is not crossing the seas, it's seeing the cross. And, and, and really, we are called to be personal evangelists wherever we are. How many understand that you are called as a missionary of God wherever you are? Amen? And, and to realize that that calling is not, I think that sometimes we feel like if we can fill a stadium, that we've done a great work in missions. But my personal goal was how many relationships could I build to individually impact the community? Because I believe in personal evangelism relational evangelism, and uh, the Lord allowed us to, to make a lot of great relationships and be able to impact um, throughout the islands, Belize, and in the La Mosquitia, the jungle. So, uh, you know, you hear me, some of you hear me talking Spanish some. I love to, a mí me gusta hablando español. I like speaking Spanish. Uh, me gusta enseñando español. I like teaching Spanish. Um, and sometimes as I'm, as I'm praying, uh, I begin to pray in Spanish because it's just, I found an, 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 a great intimacy in my time in Honduras in, in some powerful moments 
and uh, love to love to uh, pray in that language, even though I don't feel like that's my spiritual language, my prayer language. I do enjoy praying in that language. But also, uh, I got to the privilege of learning a little bit of the jungle language, like Daiwanyaimi Maimumbia, God bless you, and is the language of the La Mosquitia Indians, and Nakishma, fine dinky, you know, and that's how are you, you know, in, um, in that language, enjoyed building relationships with some of these. To me, some of the greatest warriors for the kingdom of God was not found in big churches with suits and ties. Some of the greatest warriors that I found in the kingdom of God was in a jungle church struggling to make ends meet every week, depending on the Lord, but such an apostolic anointing rested on some of those guys that just was amazing. I, for me personally, um, I went with the idea that I was going to train, teach, equip, but in essence, I feel like I was trained, equipped, and blessed by them. And, and many times I wish I could just sit at the feet of some of these phenomenal pastors who were anointed of God, and it was a pleasure to be able to partner with them and impact, see the impact that they made and, and empower them to make even a greater impact. For me, missions is not, sometimes we see it as an arrow. And, and a lot of times we missionaries think that we're the point of that arrow. But in reality, it is the locals who make the greatest impact into their communities. So we just became the, the ones driving the arrow, helping make a greater impact. And that was the blessings of missions for me. They're going to share just a, a quick video of, of Honduras. I don't know if there's any music to that, but we are, my wife said I could just sing, but anyway, <laughs> we are in communities going house to house, um, we are visiting, this is at the school uh, where we That the orphanage that supports the uh, part of the graduation is the French Key Church. Tina right there. I don't know who that is. <laughs> this is part of our feeding Guys, 
Samantha's one of the young ladies that we sponsor. This is at the orphanage, and it felt like we were doing that the whole time. St. James there, they were playing with the kids. I'm going to introduce one of our speakers today, our youth pastor, Billy Fincham. Good morning. Um, first of all, I want to tell you all again, thank you for the privilege of uh, sending me and my family uh, to Honduras last year with Pastor Paul. Um, phenomenal experience. Um, as he said, we... Um, pastored in the churches, uh, worshiped with them, fed the community, uh, did outreach, um, but truly changed my life. I'd been on uh, several different uh, mission trips in my youth, um, never been out of the country uh, on a mission trip, um, and thought it would be different, um, you know, thought it would, would was going to be different. Um, met a lot of great people, you've seen uh, Paige and Samantha and Daryl. Um, so, Samantha and Daryl were our two um, helpers from the community uh, that are connected to the school down there. Um, Daryl was there to keep pastor straight. Samantha was there to keep the rest of us straight. Um, as you know, we went during COVID. Um, so, what part of you all don't know um, is pastor actually was there in March of 2020 um, and was down there with Lee University, took a group down with Lee University, uh, as one of the last groups that left Roatan uh, until they shut down for COVID. And then we were actually one of the first groups that was allowed back in because, after COVID. So during that break, there was literally very minimal outsiders in the community, through the community, and what have you. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was difficult. Um, you've seen some of the pictures of us in masks. Um, so if you... Uh, are cold in here, I apologize, but I think it feels wonderful. Um, but I'll take you to Honduras with me. Um, it's approximately 90 degrees at 5 o'clock in the morning, 90 degrees at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and 135% humidity all day long. So if you don't carry a knife or a sword as we are to carry the sword of the Spirit, um, you can't cut through the humidity, so you're not able to go anywhere. That might be a little bit um, of an exaggeration, but it's close. I was there personally, see me after church, we'll talk about it, okay? <laughs> um, but again, um, so we arrive uh, the first night, uh, we go to one of the Spanish-speaking communities, so I thought what was um, different is the island itself. You got some communities that speak Spanish, you got some communities that speak English, and you got some communities that I'm not real sure what they were speaking. Um, but the ones that we were in, that spoke English, I felt very comfortable. I knew what was going on. I knew what the conversations was. But the first night, we go to one of the Spanish-speaking churches. And um, I don't know if you've ever been in a Spanish community. Um, they like their music loud. And I don't mean a little loud. I mean a lot loud. 
Um, and so we're sitting up front, you know, because we're the mission team, and that's where the mission team has to sit. Um, and I've got the base that is literally pointed at my heart. I feel like I'm in an NHAR race for you guys that uh, know drag racing. When they take off and you feel that power from that motor hit you in the chest, anytime they strung that bass cord or hit the bass on the drums, that's what I felt like why I'm trying to praise Jesus and don't know what's going on. And the Lord said, are you here for comfort? Or are you here to share me? And I started weeping. What the Lord has laid on my heart to share with you guys today. Megan, you don't know it. And Pastor can confirm it. You're sharing it in his office. Is it's all about being a warrior. Pastor said it last week. We are warriors. We are to be warriors and not warriors. And so... I was thinking about missional, and we are to be missional. What is our missional statement? In case you all don't know, we actually have core values. Um, the, the directional team sit down and prayed over over weeks. We put it together. It's not something that we just came together and threw some words on a page. It's something that we prayed over, we felt anointed about, so on and so forth. Um, if you don't have a copy of our core values, I challenge you to get a copy of our core values. Um, the first thing is we are to be spirit-led. Um, in all things that we do, we are to be spirit-led. Um, thank you. Um, we are to be authentic. Um, as you all are going to tell today, I'm going to be authentic with you. Sometimes I'm going to be focused on my notes because that's all it's going to get me through. Sometimes I'm going to be sharing from my heart with you guys. Um, but I don't know anything else but, but authentic. Most of you guys that have been here 13 years plus with me. Um, you've seen me in the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, you know, and uh, luckily, um, I've always tried to uh, grow and strive for the Lord. And um, without some of the men that are in this room, um, I wouldn't be the man that I am today. So I thank you for it. Uh, most of you are here. Derek Harmon, Randy Heflin, Pastor McGarity. These guys are the guys that's picked me up, got in the ditch with me, and been a warrior to show me how to be a warrior. So with that being said, our missional statement is intentionally striving. Well, let me read the rest of them. I'm sorry. So mission, missional, and then our fourth is um, to be life-giving and be collaborative. So going back to our missional statement. Our missional statement says intentionally striving together to meet needs locally and globally. And when I read that, of course, being in preparation of this, we were talking about going on the mission trip and what have you. Something that resonated with me when we were down there in Honduras, and again, it wasn't what I thought we were going to go do. Um, and I was sharing with Pastor what I thought we were going to go do. And he may not have said these exact words, but I'm going to paraphrase. He said, we didn't come to do the American mission work. And I said, what? Kind of like, huh? And typically what happens as Americans, we go into a community and we give them what we think they need. And I'm guilty of this when you call and say, hey, Billy, come help me. Well, I'm going to come help, but I'm going to do what I think you need. I'm not going to ask you first, what do you need? How can I help you? I'm just going to come give you the help that I think you need. And that's not always what we're supposed to do. You know, as it says, to intentionally meet their needs. You don't know what somebody needs unless you ask them, what do you need? How can I help? And so when we went down there, we went down there intentionally trying to meet the needs of the communities that Pastor and Kim have grown relationship with these others in Honduras. Without knowing what they needed, we could have went down there and did a lot of work for nothing. But we went down there and we intentionally worked with these pastors. As you went through the pictures, you've seen Pastor Tina uh, she pastors one of the English-speaking churches. Um, the Spanish pastor, I don't remember because I can't say their name anyhow. Um, and then uh, Pastor uh, Woody, um, he was uh, down in, what community was that? Pandytown. And um, he had the privilege um, at the time to be actually physically with us because unfortunately through COVID, he lost his, his main job. 
So his secondary job of pastoring, he was able to do full-time. And so he was able to go through the community with us. And I thought it was so neat, guys, that as we went into these communities to see an outsider come in, and they've been fed COVID, 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 COVID. I mean, you had guys working in ditches. Again, outside community, working in ditches, still 93 degrees, 135% humidity, wearing a mask, digging a hole by himself. So this is the community of people that open their arms, let us into their homes, let us touch them, let us pray for them. And the same goes for us. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We are supposed to be intentionally meeting others' needs. You know, going back to uh, our core values, I read our mission statement. If you don't know it, uh, this is just kind of another paraphrasing of it. We are a body of believers willingly and humbly working together to achieve Christ's vision. That's what we're here for. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. We're here to reach Christ's vision. Do we know what Christ's vision is? Do we see it? Do we understand it? Have we been taught it? You know, again, just um, having the privilege of being your youth pastor, uh, I have learned so much from these kids. You know, I was, once, I was once told that until you can teach something, you don't know it. And so with the challenge of having to teach these kids, I've had to learn more than I have ever learned before. It has challenged me to know what to bring to your kids. You know, not that I was not in the Word before, but when you bring it to somebody else, you got to know it, and especially to these kids. Because kids and youth, they see through it. If you bring something halfway, they're going to say, they ain't going to pay attention. They're going to be doing whatever they want to do. But if you bring truth and light, as we are supposed to speak, then they're going to listen. They're going to be intently paying attention. You know, not only that, but we are to seek the lost, serve others, disciple, and send the discipled. And as I said a few minutes ago, or I may not have said it, we are to be warriors and not warriors. So I looked up the definition of warrior, a person who is actively engaged or one that is experienced in warfare. So you all are warriors and don't know it. You are a disciple. We are all disciples. And if you're a disciple, then you're a warrior because you've already been in the battle. And you all that are just starting the battle, maybe you don't know that you're in a fight. You know, Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6 that fight the good fight and keep up the faith. So when you start looking at, hey, I'm a warrior, man, what? we're in a fight? We're in a battle? Who are we battling or what are we battling? Do we know? You know, go back to the basics of the basics. This is to be a childlike faith. I think too many times as we grow up as adults, we put too much theology in it. We put too much man in it. It's super simple. Pick up your Bible. Read it. You know, as we challenge our youth and our slogan is, read and pray and do it every day. It's, it's, it's that simple. But do we? In, in, our, in our life, are we, are we overexpressed? Are we overstressed? Are we worried about this? Are we worried about that? Or do we take just a few minutes and read his word, meditate on it, and know it? You know, again, it's, it's just that, that simple childlike faith. You know, again, the fight that we're fighting, I started, I started looking it up and I started reading, is that we, we, we come to faith by grace. And we find that in Ephesians 2, and I'm going to read this. Hopefully Ephesians 2, 1 through 4 pops up, maybe. Um, if not, I'll grab it. Okay, here we go. And you were dead in your trans, transpasses in sin, and it went away. What happened? Okay. In which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of our flesh and a mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God being rich in mercy because of his great love for which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together by Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And Jeff, thank you so much for listening to the Spirit. 
you know, we say Jesus all the time. I think, I think again, the more you're, you're flooded with something, the less it becomes. But man, to know that when Christ comes back, he's not coming back as a lamb. He is coming back as chief. Again, if we are warriors, we have a chief. We have a king of kings, and we have a lord of lords. Do we know him? Do we spend time with him? Again, he blessed us with his word. He blessed us with his presence. You know, if you read and pray and do it every day, and again, I'm going to keep saying this because, again, until you get that in your mind, until you get that in your heart and get that in your spirit, it, it, it does something to you. Again, it's just a simple sermon I heard several years ago, but it changed my life. Read and pray and do it every day. To know him as King of Kings, to know him as Lord of Lords, to know him that he is going to come back riding that white horse, and he's going to take us back as his warriors. But are we being his warriors, or are we being his warriors? You know, and through reading Ephesians 2 there, I see three main people, entities, things, whatever word you want to use there, verbiage. Um, the flesh, the world, and Satan. I think too many times we forget that this flesh, we still have to battle. You know, is the, the desires of the flesh. If you read in Romans 7, 21 through 25, I find the principle that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. For I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man, but I see a different law in members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making a prisoner of the law of sin which is in my members. Wretched man am I, who will set me free from the body of this death? Thanks be to God, Christ Jesus, our Lord. So then on the one hand, I myself, my mind, and on the other, serving law of God. But on the other, with my flesh, the law of sin. Again, do we understand that too many times we know it up here, but we don't have it here. Or we have it here, and we don't know how to get it here. You know, um, it, it's, it's, again, it's just so simple. As Paul also goes on to say, he says, I do the things that I don't want to do, and I don't do the things that I want to do. Why? Because we are in a battle with this flesh. We still have the old man. We still carry that old man around. You know, but again, as, as Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15.31, I die to self daily. You have to wake up daily and beat this body. You know, the world... The world is our adversary also. I think that's what we fail to understand too much is that, you know, Jesus tells us in John, they hated me. They. Who's the they that he's talking about? It's the world. It's the people that we come in contact with. It's the people that we work with that we're supposed to show love. It's the people that see us in those hardest times and those hardest moments. What do we choose? Do we choose to still act like them or do we choose to act like the Christians that we profess to be on Sunday mornings, on Wednesday nights. You know, we are to be Christians every day, day in and day out. You know, so on and so forth. You know, again, in 1 John 2, 16 and 17, I think I gave them to those, maybe. Yeah, no, nope, yep. Oh, do, do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that the, all that is in the world the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world is passing away, and also its lust, but the one who does the will of God lives forever. Again, guys, we know that this world is what we physically have to touch, but we're only here for a little while. You know, the average lifespan, I think, now is about 78 years old. What is 78 years in eternity? You're looking at a timeline. You're looking at, you know, a, a, just, just in creation itself, from creation till now, what does 78 years look like? From creation to the end, and as far as I know and as far as my Bible reads, it says eternity, and every word that I've come up with eternity means never ending. So 78 years of my lifespan of living tough living in this world and being a witness for him, I ain't going to tell you it's easy because that'd be a lie. You know, but it 
is still, it's 78 years of torture, as Paul said. As, as Pastor shared earlier, Paul was, was do, we, you know, do we really truly understand? He wore, he wore his testimony on his body. He was beaten. He was stoned. You know, he was shipwrecked. He was snake bitten. There was so much that Paul did for the, the foundation of Christianity that we truly don't understand until we really start studying it and reading it. And again, as I said, read and pray and do it every day. As you start to read, what will happen is you'll start connecting dots. Just like when we were in school and we had to do textbook studies. And it's like I tell the kids all the time, you know, y'all do uh, book reports for school. But will you pick up your Bible and do a book report for the Lord? You know, the same goes for us. And again, guys, I- I'm, I'm preaching to myself, I promise. You know, as, as I was talking to pastor through this, you know, the, the, the bad thing is, is that too many times we do good stuff to be busy. And I don't know if y'all heard him a few months ago or a few weeks ago. He said busy, being under Satan's yoke. And our third adversary is Satan. So are we busy doing good stuff or are we taking up the yoke of the Lord? And carrying his yoke, which is easy and light. You know, I, sorry, I lost my train of thought. I apologize. Uh, Satan being our enemy is uh, found. Uh, the other thing that I, that I again, is it, through my studying is in Revelations 12.10, it talks about Satan being the accuser. Do we truly understand that he day in and day out is the accuser of the brethren. And if you are a brethren with me, if you are a warrior as I, he accuses us, he is the liar of lies. You know, he, he is there to deceit, he is the thief, as Jesus tells us in John 10, 10. You know, he, a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you life. Are we on Team Jesus? Uh, the media team, if any of y'all have got your shirts on, uh, will you show that off? Um, it, it says on the front, Amcog Media, but on the back, it has a cross and says Team. And, and I point this out for two reasons. You're either on Team Jesus or you're not. It's that simple. You're either on Team Jesus or, unfortunately, you fall on Team Satan. There's no in-between. You know, I was sharing with, I was sharing with a pastor, and I said, you know, if somebody set a cup of coffee in front of you, what do you think it's going to be? It's going to be one or two things. It's going to be hot and fresh, or it's going to be cold because it's going to be sitting in iced. Because nobody likes lukewarm coffee, right? So as, as the Word says, if you come to me lukewarm, I will spit thee out of my mouth. As you would do the same, if you picked up a cup of coffee and thought it was hot, you would, just like on the movie, a war room. You know, again, that was the lesson that she was teaching is that, hey, you're either hot or you're cold. And if you're lukewarm, you still fall on the cold side. You know, we are to be hot and on fire for the Lord. You know, I, I come again telling you that without defeating the flesh, without beating the flesh and enduring the flesh and with what we have to do, the world and Satan will overcome us because they'll distract us. You know, everybody's always worried about what's Satan doing, what's Satan doing. But if you're not a warrior yet, you can't worry about what Satan's doing. If you're not a warrior yet, you can't try to go defeat the world and start doing good. You've got to take care of self first. You know, so as, as we teach the youth again, guys, it's, it's read and pray and do it every day. It's real simple. It is a childlike faith. You know, when we look at a childlike faith, do we really remember the story of David? Do we truly understand that David was approximately a a teenager? He was a child when he defeated Goliath. You know, but what he understood that I think too many times we fail to do is he didn't try to put on somebody else's armor. He didn't try to put on Saul's armor and go go, go defeat Goliath. You know, he put on God's armor that God blessed him with. You know, so daily, do you put on God's armor? You know, that's the challenge that I've had even to myself lately, is do I put on God's armor every day? Am I going to be a warrior today? 
you know, what, what armor is there? You know, you might be saying, well, what, what are you talking about? God's armor is found in Ephesians 6. You know, it starts with the belt of truth. And unfortunately, in today's society, there is very, very little truth. So do we know the truth? Do we stand on the truth? Do you put on your belt of truth? And after you've guarded yourself with your belt of truth, do you put on your breastplate of righteousness? Do you know that you are blessed with an armor of God? Do you strap your shoes? And guys, I literally, I've been doing this physically as I've been getting dressed in the mornings. Lord, help me put on my belt of truth. Lord, help me put on my breastplate of righteousness. I'm putting on shorts and a shirt or pants and a t-shirt. I'm putting on my shoes or my sandals or my flip-flop. But as I'm putting it on, as I'm getting dressed, because we daily get dressed, I daily try to challenge myself to put on the armor of God. You know, why is the helmet next? Because if you get ahead of yourself, again, if you're not ready yet to defeat the world and defeat Satan, you got to put on that helmet of salvation, right? So that's why the helmet of salvation comes next. So we put on our helmet of salvation. Take up, hey man, put that helmet on. You know, we take up our faith as the shield. You know, do we understand that we're given authority over the demons and the demonic? Do we really truly understand that we're given the faith shield? You know, and then we're blessed to be able to swing a sword. But if you don't know that sword, is your sword a toothpick? Is your sword a king's sword? How much of his word have you hidden in your heart? Because as the Bible says, and as Scott shared in this morning's um, uh, Brood Awakenings, what we put in here is what comes out here. So as we sing our sword, because so many times, of course, the enemy is the world and Satan, do we know what we're supposed to be swinging and how we're supposed to be swinging it? And man, as I was putting all this together, I was thinking, how is this missional? How is this going to say anything about what we've done in Honduras or what we prepare to do? And it's because, as Megan professed to us today from this stage, until we take up arm in arm, and as we take up friend in friend, as we lock together and become true warriors together, we are not going to be able to defeat anything. So I challenge you, again, to read and pray and do it every day. You know, not only do we do it daily, but also in 1 Corinthians 15.30, Paul challenges us to even think on what we think hourly, our thoughts. Hold them captive. You know, as, as, <clears throat> as the flesh isn't only to defeat the world, but in Satan, as Luke 10.20 says, we are to rejoice that our name is written in the Lamb books of life. Again, we're given the privileges to defeat the world and defeat Satan, but that's not what we are to rejoice in. We are to rejoice in that we are the brethren. We are to rejoice in that we are the church. You know, this building is beautiful, and I'm very thankful for it, but if this building was crumbled by an earthquake tomorrow, I challenge us that we are still the church and that we would still meet, and we would still go seek the lost. We would still disciple, and we would still send the discipled. And through that, that is our local and global challenge. So I ask you all to help keep me accountable and help me be missional so that I can intentionally strive to meet others where they're at and not just to help them with what I think they need. Thank you all for your time. Woo, come on. Yep, he left me seven minutes. Let's go. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? I mean, those of you who've been on the journey with the Fincham family to see where they are today, isn't it amazing? Amen. Yeah. So proud of them. I mean, he's still a work in pro progress. I mean, I can't get rid of those flip-flops yet. But anyway, I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> Our first night in Honduras... Our first day, we, we, we literally probably only will leave, have to be at the airport at 5 o'clock in the morning. We'll get there um, around noonish, their time. 
and uh, we will get settled in. And the first event we have is a youth service that night in the commu- a community youth service. And um, yours truly will be bringing the word to the community. Amen. <laughs> Mr. Billy Fincham. And so looking forward to that. And, you know, he makes fun of me because I'll go through the community and, and um, I see people and say, hey, how's your mama? You know, how you doing? You know, because it's the relationships we build. You know, it's the relationships that we have. And I just, I feel like that ministry, that the church has too often become a country club rather than the hospital or the ministry center that it should be. And we come too often to get our comfort. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's, the seat's not soft enough. The carpet's not what I like. And, and is, that's not even anything that it's about. We are the church. We are a community of believers, and our desire is to reach the community abroad with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We come and we invite people to come so that they can be healed. We invite people to come so that they can experience the love of God in community and find a place where they can walk together on their journey to healing and hope and life and transformation, a community that, that understands their struggle because we have, we're on this journey together, right? We're, who's perfect? Okay, good. I'm good. I'm glad. Because uh, I'm not either, uh, and, and you're not either. I saw that hand over there. The reality is, is that we want the world to understand that we're not perfect, but we're striving for perfection in Christ Jesus. We understand that our life is only built around the love of God. I mean, and when you realize the Great Commission, he says, all authority, Matthew 28, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. And he says, go. Now, because of that authority, he's giving us the authority. Go to all the world, Right? Preach the gospel. Go to all the world. All, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them all things that I've commanded you, and, and I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, we, we only look at that so many times, so especially in mission services, and, and, and we focus on the go, go, go. But in reality, the, the word is, the, the true command of the whole scripture is make disciples. And I believe that when you look at Acts chapter 1 and 8, right? When the Holy Spirit came upon them, he said, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other uttermost parts of the, of the earth. So when you think about missions, yes, I'm super thankful that we have a church that is focused on going because we want to see the world transformed. We want to see the world touched by the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I'm also thankful for a church who is missional locally, who, who, who we touch this community through. We have, and maybe you don't understand this or know this, but we have the largest feeding ministry in this county. Manna Ministries is touching the lives of almost 200 people every single week, over 1,000 families a month that we're touching. Isn't that amazing? I'm thankful to be a part of a church who, who, who not only thinks globally but thinks locally, who wants to truly reach and touch because if we're not willing to reach our personal Jerusalem then why would we go out to the uttermost parts of the world? If we're not willing to touch the lives that we're, that we're uh, in radius of, that, that are around us, why would we go out there? Now, I realize that some people are called just out there, and thank God for those who are called. But you know what I love is the stories that I hear of, of community ministry going on. Like the witties here. Man, those are pretty socks. Anyway. But, you know... Like at Easter time, they get together with the community and they do a community ministry together. And just think, if every one of us, because sadly we live in a society that doesn't even know their neighbor. We don't know, I mean, and, and, and now that so many people are transit moving here from there, we, it's, it's hard for us to get to know our neighbor. But think if we were intentionally reaching our personal Jerusalem of those just in our community. 
if we were touching our neighbor, right? Am I my brother's keeper? Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Who's your neighbor? Anyone you're in contact with. Can you imagine if we began to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, if we understood that the anointing of God, the power of God, is not for just to have the heebie-jeebies. It's not just for us to get goosebumps and shout and dance. But the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is for us to be a witness in our personal Jerusalem. And as that personal Jerusalem expands, it's into all the world. I was reading in Matthew chapter 22 and, and, and understand that the, the word there in verse 14 says, many are called, but few are chosen. In reality, every one of us have been, in a, been given a call of God to touch somebody, to share this gospel with somebody. I mean, it's not meant to be just a little cistern that we pour it into and we hold it in reserves until just that time comes and then we let it go. But we are to be a channel that allows the Spirit of God to flow through us. We are to be a vessel that God flows through. Amen? I've always said if, if God could get it through you, he'll get it to you. But why would God give it to you if you're not willing to let it go through you? Amen? We can say, man, I want an outpouring of God, but what would you do with it? I want to see God move. What, what would you do with it? Revival's not meant for just our feel good. It's meant for us to be empowered to reach the lost in our community and around the world. God's called us to that. You know, when I look at that context of Matthew chapter 22, verse 14, it says, uh, many are called, but few are chosen it's the context of them when he tells them, go into the highways and byways and compel them to come in, right? And in that context, God is calling us to go out. But we have to be prepared because he looked at the one who didn't have their wedding garments on. Look, thank you for once again for reading that word, Jeff, because when the Lord steps out on the clouds, to receive his own. The old song says, Stepping on the cloud and we'll see Jesus rise to meet him in the air. Stepping on the clouds together we'll meet him over. I don't know the words. I'll, I'll make them up if I have to. But you know, when he steps out on the clouds and calls us home, are we ready? Are we prepared to meet him in the air? In the moment of the twinkling of the eye, are you ready? Because nobody knows the day nor the hour. But that's what missions is all about, is being prepared and intentionally preparing others. Are we ready? Because I don't want to be the one who says, depart from me, I never knew. But Lord, I did this in your name. Am I a lover of the world or am I a lover of God? Do I want to put one foot in and one foot out? It can't be that way. Jesus has to be the central figure of your whole life. What does that look like? Look, I'm not telling you that you can't enjoy this, the things that God has blessed you with, the talents that God's given you. But just make sure you keep Jesus first. Because at the end of the day, and this is a hard lesson that I have to teach in my own home, at the end of the day, your knowledge will only get you so far. At the end of the day, your sports, your talent, all that only gets you so far. But what, what will be eternity is your relationship with Jesus Christ. Is he first? Amen. And then, what's your relationship with the body of Christ? Because love God and love others. Amen. Thank you, Billy, for sharing a powerful message. Amen. I pray that uh, you will keep us in prayer. June the 10th to the 17th, we'll be flying out. We have, um, uh, it'll be 
Billy and I from here. It'll be the pastor and his wife, Eric and Lake and Golden from North Lenore Church of God. It'll be Elisha St. James, uh, who is a worship leader uh, in Alabama and his team. So they'll, all together, there'll be 14 of us going down and we'll be uh, in and out of communities. We'll be touching lives, uh, doing evangelistic work. We'll actually be in one school. Um, the, isn't it amazing? The school let us come in. And uh, it's, it's one of the largest schools on the islands. And, and Lord willing, we're going to be able to minister to over 1,000 kids in one shot. Isn't that amazing? And here's what I love about it is because we're going to walk through that community. We're going to walk through that community and love on that community. And then we're going to get to see these kids in a, in a bigger setting. And they're going to say, hey, man, I, that guy was in my house today. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And we're going to be able to, to worship, to give word, to encourage, to show them that Jesus is the way. Amen? And I appreciate you guys supporting uh, those who are going. I appreciate you guys having a missional mind. I appreciate you guys being passionate about missions. Had somebody come to me said, Pastor, what do you do for missions? That was their, their number one desire. I said, sir, we're going to be missional. This church, we have manna. We have God's closet. We support God's kitchen. We have Celebrate Recovery. Celebrate Recovery is missional. Touching those with hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Those are the local things that we do. We have a phenomenal care ministry. These, these uh, Paulette and Linda and the whole crew, man, do a phenomenal job. Of, and Marlene, just do a phenomenal job of, of touching those who are in need in our, in our church. Great. But we also sponsor ministry in Belize, we, which Alvaro Padilla, the, the, one of the pastors, will be coming in, in August to share with us. We sponsor these two ministries, Vessels of Mercy Clinic and Kingdom Bilingual Educational Center. We sponsor a ministry in Africa. The Lord's given us opportunities to touch people's lives. And I'm thankful that we as a church have the foresight to say we want to be a part of ministry to the world. I'm excited, guys. And I pray that that you too will join us on one of these trips. It is life-changing. It is a, a great time to touch lives. You know, I, I normally carry a group once a year from Lee University. And the great thing that, Vicki, that I love is, is to see the life change in the young people that go. I mean, yes, I love ministering to people in Honduras but the aha moments those moments where, this, where the kids go man and I sit with them at nighttime and we talk about what God has done that day the divine appointments that God gave them and I, I make them aware the day we get there look for divine appointments don't get caught up in the cultural differences don't get caught up in all of the the, the things that might distract you look for divine appointments because on these, on these trips, God's going to give you divine appointments where you're going to specifically touch somebody's life. And that moment, not only will be transformative for that person you touch, but also for you. I remember sitting in a community and we had made up about 80 bags of food. And not everybody that goes to the university is saved. But they're all required to go to a a foreign trip, a cultural trip. Well, this one kid, he he said, "I don't believe. I don't believe that Jesus. I don't believe in Jesus." So he sat in the van and was passing out bags to 
the ones on the outside handing them to the people. Well, he kept looking out and he recognized that the bags were getting lower and lower. But the lines seemed to be getting bigger and bigger. And he said, he said to himself, he said, God, if you are truly God, then every person that's standing in this line is going to get a bag. He said he stopped looking back and he just started handing out. He said, I just started handing out and I just kept handing out. He said, at the end, everyone got one and I looked back and there was nothing left. He said, I know God is real because I saw God do the miraculous. God's still in the miracle working business. God's still healing people. God's still transforming people. We get called up into what's in my wallet or what's in my bank account or what can I do. Stop looking at what you can do and start looking at what God can do. Start trusting that He is bigger than you. And if He's calling, if He's calling you to it, He already knows that you can't do it. He knows that you can do it in Him. And when you exert everything that you've got into doing what he's called you to do, then the absolute miraculous power of God shows up and does the exponential thing that he's called you to. Are you willing to step out in faith and trust that God can do far above what you might ask or even believe or think. Amen. This morning, maybe you say, Pastor, I have a specific need that I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to handle. I'm not sure if I can handle it on my own. Would you raise your hand right now? Yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. This morning, I'm believing that the miraculous God that created bags of food in the back of a van in a little community in Honduras is the same God who's going to miraculously step into your situation today and meet that need. Would you stand? Those of you who raised your hand, would you stand right where you are? And what I want to do, what I want to do is those who are around you, would you come? Would you all make your way around these that are standing can I get some of you guys to go and stand around these? I want to believe God for the impossible in their situation. Yes. 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 Amen. 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 How many believe God's able? Amen. Amen. Father... God, right now, we thank you that you are the, a miraculous God. We thank you, Jesus, that you love us so much. That your word tells us if we cast all of our care, you say cast all your care, not just some, not just the big things, but cast all your care on me, for I care for you. And right now, Lord, we are laying down that which seems overwhelming, that which seems to, to pull us and drag us down. That which seems like I don't know what to do with. And today we take up the, your yoke. We take up your burden. And we say, Lord, we find our rest in you. We find our hope in you. And today, God, I pray that you begin to intervene in every one of these situations. Whether it be a new job. God, whether it be a financial issue, whether it be a family issue, God, you know specifically. You're not, without, you're not without understanding. You absolutely are very aware of every situation that is being represented by those who are standing. God, intervene. Do the miraculous. Have your way, Jesus. Thank you, God, that your grace is sufficient, that your love is is enormous. Your mercy is made new every morning. And God, we rely and rest in you, God. Have your way, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
that your word says that we can submit it to you. <laughs> Lord, I'm so thankful that you're able to keep that which is submitted and committed to you. And Lord, I commit every single one of these to you today, Jesus. Your work be done. Your will be done. Your glory be revealed. Your name be proclaimed. You be honored, exalted, and glorified in every single situation. Lord, I'm looking forward to hearing the report of the Lord because it is the report of the Lord that I will believe and I will stand on. Thank you, Jesus, for your way. Thank you, Jesus, for your work. We give you the glory. Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody. Any good? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. God bless you guys. Remember tonight, come Pastor Eric Golden and his wife, Lakin. Lakin will be giving a, 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 it'll be a blended worship service, a powerful singer. Be awesome. Come out, enjoy the word and worship tonight. God bless you guys. See ya.